St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. It's the Loose Fork Talk Podcast. You know what, boys? I think it's a great day to record a podcast. It is. It is. You know, the nicer weather, it's been nice. I've been uh, I've been thinking about going for a jog. Thinking. Yeah. Keyword thinking. Yeah, haven't yet, but uh it's 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 just it's a good time to do a podcast. It's the Lou Sports Talk, sponsored by Arch City Media, episode number thirty-three. I am Ethan Hannaford, your host. Tonight I am joined by Brandon Big Poppy Gallegos. Yo, yo. As well as Dylan Freebird Hample. Aloha. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to see your lovely faces. It's been a minute. It's good to see you guys. Dylan, it's always a joy to have you on the pod, dude. Well, thank you, dude. My, uh, yeah, organic chemistry is not for the faint of heart. I will say that much. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just nice to have you back. I don't know how you can even mentally live right now. Uh, I don't it, either. It's uh, it's, cr- <laughs> it's crunch time for you uh, scientists over there. Yeah, spring break's coming up. Got midterms coming up. So just trying to power through it. And Cardinals baseball around the corner. Someone asked me what we're going to be talking about today. Ethan, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, first off, the one and only Kevin Wheeler is yeah, going to be joining go. us very yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah, let's give yeah, it yeah, a round yeah. of applause. Yeah. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about it. It's deserving. Kevin Wheeler, really excited to be able to talk spring training with him yeah. and just some of these big Cardinals headlines that we have coming, including, you know, what's the situation at shortstop? You know, is Mason, what do we need to see from Mason Wynn in order for the Cardinals to feel that he's ready to be the everyday shortstop. The rotation, <laughs> the bullpen, uh, all kinds of different things we're going to be discussing with Kevin Wheeler here in just a couple of minutes. And then following that, we got a few headliners of our own that we're going to be discussing Ooh. involving the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that, boys. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's fun because it's February, which means for you boys it's baseball season. For me, it's primetime hockey. So it's just a good marriage today. Speaking of speaking of hockey. I do. That's what Dylan adds to this podcast. <laughs> speaking of hockey, I can't even like like think now. Yeah. Speaking of hockey, Brandon's going to be filling us in basically on what's been going on these last couple of weeks for the Blues since our last episode. The trade deadline is not too far away, so Brandon's going to fill us in towards the end of the podcast. Really looking forward to getting things underway here, boys. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Is it time? It is indeed time. It's time. All right. When we come back, Kevin Wheeler joining us right here on the Loose Sports Talk podcast sponsored by Arch City Media. All right, guys, we now have the absolute pleasure to be joined by KMOX sports personality, Kevin Wheeler, the one and only Kevin Wheeler. He's also a co-host of the Dave Glover Show. Kevin Full disclosure, we did ask Dave Glover if he could join first. He told us that you still hadn't gotten enough talking in throughout the week, so he said, why don't we throw you a bone? So here we are. I mean, he's smart in that way, right? Throw me the bone, and then uh, that way he gets the night off. It's pretty smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I kid. Kevin and I, for those that don't know, work together at KMOX, so he has to put up with me all the time. But, Kevin, obviously this is an exciting time of year, not just for Cardinals fans, but also just for baseball fans in general. Spring training games about to get underway for the Cardinals specifically. There are 
plenty of reasons to be excited about things getting going, but I'm curious, what excites you the most about this spring training for this Cards team specifically? Well, I think the, the nice thing about this spring, and, and really, it, to me, it's a bigger theme about the spring transitioning into the whole season, is this is really a prove-it year. There, there is a lot online for a lot of people. I mean, you've got uh, Paul Goldschmidt in the last year of his contract, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson working on essentially one-year deals. There are options attached, but they, you know, they're only guaranteed one-year deal. Uh, I think it's a big year in that same regard for Ali Marmel. Um, you know, he's only had two years, you know, one good, one bad. So, you know, it's not like I'm down on the guy, but I mean, it's a big prove it year for him. I think that's true for Mo. Um, you know, we know that Mo's talking about only doing this for another couple of years. Well, if it's another bad year, you wonder if that might accelerate a little bit. So it's, I think this is really the most interesting part about watching the spring develop. And then eventually following course of the year is, a lot of people have a lot on the line and a lot of people got to prove it. There's plenty of, you know, different headlines that we're looking forward to jumping into that, you know, we could take this uh, for the Cardinals. And one of the biggest ones from this past off season was the replenishing of the starting rotation. We saw the front office fill empty holes uh, this past off season. And quite frankly, uh, while it did fill some fans' areas of concern, I think there is some question marks regarding this starting rotation now with who they were able to add. I'm curious, how confident would you say you are in this starting rotation as a whole going into the season? Uh, as a whole, not super confident. I mean, you know, I don't hate it, but you are betting on a lot, right? I mean, the one guy that's not any kind of a risk, really, other than just the fact that he's 30, this is age 34 season is Sonny Gray, right? That I love yep. that signing. I mean, you're talking about the guy that finished second in the Cy Young Award voting in the American League last year. He's been really good for, I mean, he's been good his whole career, but really the last three years, four years, he's, he's taken even another step up. I mean, Sonny Gray's legit. But after that, you got lots of questions and you got questions about guys that are, you know, 35, 36 years old, right? I mean, Lance Lynn's about to be 37. Uh, Miles Michaelis is about to be 36. Kyle Gibson's 36. Steven Matz is almost 33. And every one of them has some kind of question, right? I mean, can Matt stay healthy? I don't know. That's been the question since he broke in with the Mets. So I don't see why that would be a question that's, that's going to be answered before the end of this year. Can Lance Lynn bounce back from his worst year and from giving up 44 home runs last year? Um, you know, what, what's Kyle Gibson at 36? I mean, he was really stable, really solid. You know, he's a guy that'll go get innings, but can he be more than that for the Cardinals? And then what, what Miles Michaelis are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy that was searching for it last year that got hit hard? Or are we going to get the guy from a couple years before where he was actually kind of a legit starter? So uh, they have they have the ability to cover innings. They have veteran presence and all of that. But, I mean, you got four out of five with some pretty significant questions. And if they're answered in a positive, then you got a good team and you got nothing to worry about because the bullpen's clearly better. But if one or two of those guys get hurt or if heck if two or three of them just repeat last year you might be in a little bit of trouble you know kevin thanks again for for being on the show this is brandon and uh you had mentioned the bullpen there and, and we saw over the course of the off season that mosaic brought in a guy like sonny gray for the rotation and then you know the, uh, the other pieces like a lancelin but he also mentioned how he wanted to bulk up the bullpen how do you feel like mo did at this over this last off season I like it better than the total like total accumulation in terms of starters. Now, again, if the starters thing works well, 
well, then it's going to be great because you got a bargain on these guys and a bunch of innings eating veterans. But there's a good bit of risk there. I think there's a lot less risk in the pen uh, with what they've done. Now, there are questions. I, I want to be clear that it's not like an automatic, but the number one thing is Ryan Helsley's got to be healthy. Uh, and I think the rest of it falls in line after that. I really like the addition of Andrew Kittredge. Um, You might see a little bit of a slow start from him. I mean, kind of just, you know, he came back at the end of last year, which is good. He had Tommy John before that. Uh, so, you know, he's healthy, but, you know, you don't know if he's going to get the slider back right away. And that's the number one thing. You'll see a lot of sliders from him, and that's pretty much his go-to pitch. And the addition of him and Keenan Middleton gives you two guys with stuff. You get swings and misses, and in Kittredge's case, get a lot of chases out of the zone. They've needed that for a while. I mean, they, they've stuck with the pitch to contact, get ground ball stuff in the pen for too long. And I think what I really like about where they, the direction that they took with Kittredge and Middleton added to Helsley, who's a strikeout guy, added to Jojo Romero, who looks like a strikeout guy, but he's another one. You know, we haven't seen him do it in the pen consistently for a number of years because he really just kind of made that transition in the last year or so from, from being a guy that, that uh, like when he was with Phillies, for example, trying to make him a starter. Uh, so I like that they've gotten those two veterans in Kittredge and Middleton, and I really like the fact that they've loaded up on stuff guys, guys that throw 95 to 98 to 99 miles an hour, like Ryan Fernandez, who's the Rule 5 pick, uh, like Nick Robertson, another guy, big, big arm, um, big swing and miss breaking ball. Riley O'Brien throws 100 miles an hour. And, you know, with the, when your depth guys that might not make the team – are guys like that, that, that makes me happy. Because I think one thing we understand observing bullpens is there's volatility every year. You're going to have some guys that you think are good that won't be, and some guys that you're not sure about are going to be phenomenal. And bullpen performance tends to waver you know, from guy to guy. So having three or four more big arms than you're probably going to be able to open the season with is probably my favorite part about what they did. We've been talking mostly about the pitching side so far, but now we're going to switch over to the offensive side, play in the field, where one of the big names that fans are keeping an eye on right now is Mason Wynn, who's going to be trying to prove that he is ready to take over as the everyday starting shortstop. What I'm curious of, though, Kev, is in your eyes, what does Wynn need to do at the plate to be able to prove that he's ready? Is it looking at a certain specific line? Is it looking just at the overall approach? What are the Cardinals going to be looking for to know be to be to be able to decide if he's ready to be the everyday starting shortstop? Yeah, it's a good question, you know, because he's got every tool, right? I mean, he, you know, I, I'm not even going to talk about the arm and his speed and all that, but as a hitter, he's got bat speed. He's got the ability to hit for some power. And I don't, I don't mean like 30 homer power, but wouldn't shock me if at some point he's a 15, 18, 20 homer guy. Um, probably not right away. But, you know, he's got a little bit of bat speed. And, you know, he's, I think when you look at what happened last year, he was just not ready. <laughs> it's the simplest way I can put it. There were times he didn't look like he had a plan. And, you know, look, planning, having a game plan as a minor league hitter is a lot different than a major league hitter. Um, and I think the one thing that he's probably going to have to do first and foremost is make sure that he's got that the game plan so that he's swinging at pitches that he can handle, right? Like swing decisions are a really big deal. And if he shows that he's going to expand a little bit, which he did last year, and, you know, keep in mind, his numbers overall were really awful. Uh, the numbers against fastballs weren't good enough, but they were better against fastballs than they were against the off-speed stuff, whether it's change-ups and breaking right. balls. So what it tells me is he was a little excited. 
He was probably trying to cheat a little bit to get to the fastball. And then, you know, obviously when you do that, you're not going to hit the off-speed stuff. So I think if he can think of, uh, if he can stay with a middle-middle approach, right, think about right center to left center, think about staying on the fastball a little bit longer so it gives him a chance to hit the breaking ball in the off-speed. Um, but most of it, I think, is just experience. Because if I, if I remember right in his minor league career, he always tends to struggle a little bit when he first moves up a level, yeah. and then he figures it out. So mostly he just needs experience. He needs it back. He needs to kind of figure out what he's going to be good at, how pitchers are going to attack him. Um, and then, you know, look, man, the most important rule, right? Ted Williams' number one rule of hitting is get a good pitch to hit. And if he can just simply do that, I think he'll be fine because he's got the physical ability to be a hitter. Shifting keys here once again, veteran leadership has always been an area of the game that's that's been important to have, and the Cardinals were able to bring in some much-needed veteran leadership after, you know, after Wainwright, Pujols, Molina, and all in the last couple of years filtering out. So some of these pieces, you know, that they're able to bring in, Matt Carpenter, of course, the three pitchers, Gray, Lynn, and Gibson. But I'm, I'm curious, what kind of effect would you argue that that has on a, a, on a ball club when you're able to have a healthy mix of both that young talent with that veteran leadership? Well, you know, you, you want to have people that have been around the block, right? And the Cardinals do, and they've always had that. But it, it's pretty clear from some of the comments that Arnado made last week, that Miles Michaelis made on a podcast last week, that something was missing last year because, you know, you went from guys like Pujols and Molina being around, and, and you know, look, but Wainwright was there last year, right? I mean, Wainwright, Michaelis, Montgomery. I mean, they, they had a lot of veterans on the team, not to mention Arenado and Goldschmidt. I don't think it should have been an issue. But what happened last year to me in that regard was you had a lot of players that were not used to such terrible things happening around them, and they got lost in trying to recover from their own struggles. And the veterans this year can't let that happen. You know, that to me, that's the challenge I would give to guys like Michaelis and Arenado specifically because they spoke about it last week and even admitted they got lost in their own struggles and weren't helping the young guys enough. Well, they can't park that. Cannot have that this year. And I know that's part of the reason why Mo targeted the specific pitchers that he did because Lance Lynn and Sonny Gray are fiery guys. They're not going to let things slip no matter what they're doing. And I think that influence should help. But most importantly, what you want is to take the pressure off the young guys. See, last year, all of the veterans except Contreras and Montgomery struggled. None of them outside of those two guys met their own expectations. Like Nolan Arenado's year for a normal guy was phenomenal, but it wasn't his kind of year, right? Yeah. In his kind of year, he hits 30 bombs, he's got an 850 OPS, and he wins a gold glove. And none of those things happened for him last year. And he'd be the first to tell you he didn't have a, a good year from his own perspective. Um, you, you have to be able to continue to perform in the clubhouse and work with those kids even when you're struggling like that because what ended up happening last year was all of those veterans I mean look at the whole rotation fell apart I mean Adam Wainwright fell apart and again none of these players would dispute anything I'm saying they've all said it out loud you know Miles Michaelis did not meet expectations Stephen Matz got hurt again and didn't meet expectations um, certainly Jack Flaherty did not meet expectations so when almost all of the veterans with the exception of a couple guys have bad years, then you're putting everything on the kids. Well, the kids aren't ready. They're never ready when they're that young. So to me, the best thing that the veterans can do for leadership this year is live up to expectations. You know, my, my, my friend, uh, former Cardinal Chris Duncan, who, uh, you know, obviously no longer with us, 
Uh, worked together with him for a long time. Great, great guy. And he used to say all the time that one of the mantras that he heard coming up as a ball player um, is the son of a, of a major league player and major league pitching coach Dave Duncan and coming up in the Cardinals organization is if you don't like it, whatever it is, criticism, um, you know, feeling bad about yourself, whatever, you don't like it, play better. That's the solution for the veterans for the Cardinals. They have to play better. That's going to make it easier for the kids right out of the gate. And, of course, yeah, you want to mentor them and stuff, but the most important thing is what you do between the lines. Yeah, you know, Kevin, thanks again for being on. And final question here before we let you go for the night. Uh, we have a little fill-in-the-blank for you, Kevin. It's spring right. Spring training is the most important for blank and why. For this specific year's Cardinals team, correct? Is that how we're framing it? Yep. Boy, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm going off the reservation a little bit. That's so what we like, Kevin. If this is not what you mean, uh, I would say for Ali Marmol. Uh, yeah. I really like Ali. I think he's a good manager. You know, I, I mean, to me, it's pretty clear in his two years, the quality of the performance of the players has dictated the record, and not what the manager did. Right? He's the yeah. same guy both years. One year's good. One year's not. But if it doesn't start well, the Cardinals might be in a tough position when it comes to making decisions. Yeah. Um, so he, it won't, we won't learn it necessarily in the spring, but the work that they're doing down there and the way that they're going to be setting up the team to start the year, especially with a really brutal April schedule, I actually think this, is, this, this spring is monumental for, for Ollie. And I'm rooting for him. I like the guy. I think he's smart. I don't think what happened last year was his fault. But you know how it is, man. We saw this with the Blues not yeah. that long ago. You can't change every player. The quickest person to go is usually the head coach or the manager. Kevin, you are an absolute delight. Oh, that's nice of you to say. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> Nobody feeling... else would say it, so thank you. <laughs> well, you know what? You can come back anytime, and we'll, we'll feed you compliments as much as you want. Sound good? <laughs> well, heck, man. If you're going to do that, I'll be on again next week. Perfect. Sounds great. <laughs> Kevin, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. All right, seriously, man, not even joking. Anytime, man, anytime. Thank you. That was Kevin Wheeler, KMOX sports personality and co-host of the Dave Glover Show. You can listen to him there Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. through 5 p.m., and then you can also follow him on Twitter at KevinWheeler94. All kinds of great content constantly from Kevin. So really enjoyed him being able to join us. Guys, any first takeaways from that interview? Well, I, I think first off, I love his laugh. It's a contagious laugh. You know why you love his laugh? Why is that? Because it sounds just like yours. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Is that not I, true? I, I don't think there's any laugh in the world that sounds like Brandon's. I don't know what you're talking about. He does Kevin have a, a solid laugh. Stop it. You guys are embarrassing me. I'm getting red. Uh, I, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, he's been around the block, right? Like, he's been in St. Louis with St. Louis Sports. Lives and breathes the Cardinals. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, formerly was on ESPN Radio, even 101. It's, it's just cool to just cool to hear his perspective, specifically on the veterans piece, though. I mean, when you think of the Cardinals teams, even over the last couple of decades, um, you think of a, a great mix of of young talent with seasoned veterans who know how to be Cardinals, right? Who know how to who know how to show them the Cardinal way. So I I, I loved his take on on the veterans in the locker room and. I think Mo did a good job in that regards. No, I, I, I completely agree. And I also thought it was interesting, you know, how he brought up Miles Michaelis' yeah. comments, Nolan Arenado's recent yeah. comments about we needed to bring these guys in because, you know, Arenado's comments said that it felt like the young guys not controlled, 
but they were just everywhere in the locker room. Yeah. And there was more youth presence than there was veteran presence. And bringing in guys like Lance Lynn, bringing in guys like Sonny Gray, like uh, Matt Carpenter, that's going to mean something, especially when you consider that some of these guys know that absolutely that history of yeah. the Cardinal way and what that means. So I think that really is going to play a part into this as far as what is the team going to do when they are on a losing skid, when there are when they have lost, you know, nine of. 15 or something, you know, whatever. When they go through those rough stretches that pretty much every team in baseball goes through, how are you going to adjust? And I think that bringing in those guys uh, is going to be really important to that. Dylan, was there any takeaways that you had from the interview? Well, yeah, I I completely agree with that. It was something I was curious about because it's going to be the first time in over 20 years that there's no Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, or Adam Wainwright in the the clubhouse, which is insane to think about. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I completely agree with that. And then also what stuck out to me is just him talking about the revamped bullpen. Like, I I hadn't really thought about it that much, but, like, Ryan Helsley coming back could be huge for us. And then getting Keenan Middleton and Andrew Kittredge, like, I admire his optimism in our bullpen, which is more than what I have, but that's why he's the he's definitely the expert in this scenario, not me. But, um, yeah, that stuck out to me was yeah. talking about Helsley coming back. I'm, I feel pretty optimistic about our bullpen, guys. Do you? Yes. Are you fingers crossed behind your back right now or something? Yeah, are you lying to us? Yes. They're both. They're all out. Yeah, they're all out. I know. I know you work with Kevin Wheeler, but you can be honest with us. It's us. It's Nobody else space. is listening. It's a safe space, Ethan. Okay, let me be real. I am actually optimistic wow. about the open. <laughs> you know, I, put it on the board. You know, there could be some recency bias, though, Dylan. I mean, you probably go around the other twenty-nine franchises in Major League Baseball and you ask their fan base who feels good about their bullpen. I mean, what? 20, 25 of them are saying not very good. True. Right? And so, I mean, I, I guess here here's the thing. I mean, last year, there were times the bullpen was carrying. Yeah. There was. Well, they, when? There, what do you mean? Dog days of June. Giovanni had a run there for a couple of weeks that was looking Giovanni good. had his worst career year <laughs> by I, far. I was in the stands with Pause. Giovanni. Pause. <laughs> but Giovanni... Giovanni, there were times, there were times where Giovanni was coming in. And he closed down seventh, eighth, ninth, co- in a couple weeks of June. What, what uh, multiverse Cardinals are you watching? <laughs> that was not the one. Overall, we though, it was a bad year for Giovanni. Bad year for the he, bullpen. They were overworked. Uh, yes, but, yeah. yes. Overall, bad year for the bullpen. My point was this. My point was this. Were you guys more confident in the bullpen or the rotation last year? Oh, <laughs> come on. No, I'm you just, know the answer. No, yeah, it's bullpen, but they were both so bad. It was like, oh, oh man, you're, for, you're forcing me to answer this. I, yeah, but here's the thing. Yes or no, were there stretches where the bullpen was stronger, longer than the rotation? Sure. Yeah, that that's my point in that. There were, yes, did Giovanni have an absolute, he has, he has the best last name in baseball and sports, by the way, Gallegos. Thank you. Thank you very much. But here's the thing. He okay. had, there were stretches where the bullpen was carrying that, the, the I'm tired marks. of talking about 2023. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to block it out of my memory. We're bringing Wait, it look, up. Look, okay, I just felt shot down, and I was I was trying to defend myself. But, but really, I am optimistic about this bullpen. I I really feel like Helsley's going to have a bounce back year. Not that me feeling anything's going to matter. Your but feelings I mean, matter here, Ethan. Oh, thank you. I mean, we saw this guy two years ago have a 1.25 ERA and throw over 60 innings. Last year, the ERA wasn't bad it was I mean mid twos but he just wasn't healthy yeah I think that it's going to be really important for him obviously to stay healthy but 
if we can get some sort of version of Ryan Helsley, you know, he just said last week he's aiming for 60 innings once again this year. So, and the Cardinals, I think, are probably going to use them in the way that they have the last couple of years is not as a traditional ninth inning guy, but more so just, okay, where do you need him? If it's the seventh, who do you? Wh- where do you have the best three guys in your lineup? Utility up? pitcher. Yeah, that's I'm what he's creating something. That's okay. That's what he's going to be though. He's going to be wherever <laughs> you need him. Seventh, eighth, ninth. That's going what he's going to be. I do think that you know I'd be really surprised if Giovanni Gallegos has as bad of a 2024 as he was last year. He has gone into camp looking way thinner. I mean, he looks like a he looks like a completely different ball player, which I wasn't even. I really... tell you what, Gallegos hasn't gone into camp looking way thinner. Oh. Moi. Jeez. Jojo Romero, I really liked what I saw from Jojo last year, but then you look at the additions they've made: Keenan Millen, Keenan Ooh. Middle. <laughs> that was well timed. <laughs> First off, why are you me. trying to bring up Jojo Romero? Leave him out of this, bro. Jojo, Jojo. Romero's. Hold on a second. Are you trashing on JoJo? Yeah, oh Time yeah, out. absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I think he has. I think he has, I think he has the worst year of his career this year. Whoa. Yeah. You're a funny guy. You guys, Brandon. you guys got to remember how mediocre he was in Philadelphia at times. Like there were stretches where he was hot, but there was also stretches where he was sitting in AAA. There were stretches yeah. when he was unhittable. Last and season. now you're saying he's going to be have the worst I'm season saying he of ends his up career. In Memphis by the end of this year. Put it on the put board, on Dylan. The board. I don't even know if we're actually like if this is like actual we talk put it right in. I'll now tell you because that right this now. is so we're getting burned at the stake for this episode. Giovanni Gallegos has a better season than JoJo Romero. Ooh, I don't think board. that's a hot take though. Giovanni's done it for several years. You were just trashing on Giovanni. No, I said that Giovanni had a terrible 2023, and I. Shut it gym. down when you tried to defend that he had a good two weeks in June. He did That's have a what good I two did. weeks in June, and I'm holding to it. Well, that was a wild couple minutes. Ooh. Yet we still Holy have to go. smokes. But the problem is, is we still have to go back to discussing the bullpen still because you guys started flipping out about <laughs> JoJo Romero and Giovanni Gallegos when we didn't even get to the additions that they've made. Okay. I really like, or I'm optimistic, I should say, about Keenan Middleton has really... Good velocity on that fastball. Just has to locate. But honestly, I, I really do. He had the, uh, a career best year in 2023. I don't see why he can't be a version of that. Andrew Kittridge was one of the best relievers in 2021 and 22 before he had Tommy John. Yeah. He came Wait, back when, at the when end. When was he one of the best pitchers? Two years. Hold on. Well, why don't you let me finish my point before you interrupt me, Mr. Gallegos, Mr. Best Sorry, Name I, I in Baseball. Sorry, I don't know why I'm so feisty tonight. I'll, you are I'll a little feisty. Be, you need to ahead, calm Ethan. down. Yeah, you're right. Calm you're right. down. I'm a hockey guy. What do Relax. I know? You're right. Andrew Kittridge was one of the best relievers sure. in 2021 and 22 before he had Tommy John. He came back at the end of 2023, put it together about, I think, 15 innings in the last several weeks yeah. of the year where yeah. he looked good. I think that that is a low-risk, potential, high-reward addition that the Cardinals have made. He mentioned guys like Riley O'Brien. He got Nick Robertson. I'm not saying that they're going to be, you know, some of the best relievers in the league, but I'm saying I think that I like the Cardinals doing what they did with the bullpen more than I would have if you just would have gone and added a Jordan Hicks or a guy you can say like, okay, he's our third guy with – Helsley and Gallegos, and then we just rely on whatever we had sure. for the last year. Sure. The good thing also is that a lot of these guys have kind of been injury-prone in the past. I think you're going to have probably four guys at least that are going to be in AAA to start the year that you're going to be confident in the, 
they can come up at any point and be a part of this yeah. big league team. No, for sure. So that's that is why I'm optimistic about the bullpen. I digress, Ethan. I digress. About freaking time. Took you long enough. <laughs> Gee whiz. That was just a bullpen talk. That was just oh, Kevin Wheeler talk. Cow. Well, bullpen talk may have been a wreck, may have been a, a nuclear explosion, but uh, we somehow got through it. We're going to take a quick pause. We'll be back in just a moment with more Cardinals talk. Going to be bringing up the rotation, a couple of other areas of headlines to be keeping an eye out for in spring training. You're listening to the Loose Sports Talk, sponsored by Arch City Media. This episode of the Lou Sports Talk is brought to you by Arch City Media. Are you guys looking for local Redbird news, Blues news, Battlehawks, Kaka? And I don't know if you're really looking for Billiken news with the type of season they're having, Aww. but go Bills anyways. Gateway Grizzlies and so much more, including concerts and things of that nature, then Arch City Media is the place for you. I know it's where I go to find all my St. Louis sports and where you should too. You can find them online at archcity.media and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Arch City Media. We've gotten through the bullpen. It's time for the rotation, boys. Oh, yeah. You ready? You ready for this, Dylan? As I'll ever be. Are you sure? Well, don't get too excited now, Dylan. Can you tell by my voice that I'm Trivia excited? question. <laughs> yeah. Who were the three pitchers the St. Louis Cardinals added this offseason? Okay, so I'm going to have to go with um, Babe Ruth. Okay, um, that's good. I'm going to have to go with uh, Christy Matthewson. Yep, like it. And lastly, I'm going to go with Jose Okendo. Oh, man. Is that he was... right, Ethan? No. I'm a hockey three for guy. Three? How would I know? Three for three? Now, Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson, and Lance Lynn. Thank hey, you. Hey, oh, well done. Thank you for wasting 30 seconds of everyone's yeah, time sure. and lives pleasure. that they'll never for get sure. back. They're skipping Appreciate that. it. Um, Shout out listeners. You mentioned <laughs> the actual players they added, Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, and Kyle Gibson. I think everyone can agree that the Cardinals were able to add plenty of quantity. And yeah. a huge issue last year for the Cardinals was they did not have enough innings being thrown by starting pitchers. Yeah. Well, they wound out they went out and they added that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Three all three of these guys are going to be right up there in the top probably 20 in the MLB in innings thrown this year, yeah. you know, all things considered. So, my question to you guys, how confident are we that this is going to translate into quality innings? I would say I'm lukewarm. I'd give it a solid six and a half out of ten on how I'm feeling about our rotation. It's better it's than I thought he was going to say. Yeah. No, for sure. Being yeah. the pessimistic he is, I well, really yeah, thought. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, yeah, definitely innings will be eaten, like you said, and <laughs> they will be consumed. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Digested. <laughs> what happens? Okay, we're not, we're gonna leave it at digested. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they they got innings eaters, but I don't. I'm a little disappointed, frankly. I I mean, I had Logan Gilbert under my Christmas tree wish list, which I knew wasn't going to happen. But right, right. I'm kind of surprised they didn't go get you know a bigger you know name. And what I'm curious to ask you guys is if you think this is like this is it. Like obviously it's it for the off season, but do you think we're in any scenario where there's like a mid season? Like obviously it depends on how they're doing going up to deadline. But do you think Mo goes out and like trades for a Shane Bieber or something like that, or do you think this is what we're rolling with 2024? I don't want to go ahead and throw any names out there. Just like that. But I will say this. The longer, the more that he has said it, the more I've started to buy into it. 
John Mozeliak keeps saying that you have to be able to get to October before you can talk about what's going to happen in October. Yeah. Last year, the Cardinals won 71 games. So getting to October is a step up for this team. Obviously, the goal is to win a World Series, but you have to be able to get there first. So yeah. I think that if the Cardinals find themselves in a position where things are looking good at the deadline, I could 100% see us going in and adding someone, going in and adding a piece that is going to maybe make this team a little bit more of a legitimate contender for a World Series. Yeah. Like I said, I don't want to throw any names out there, but I do not think that this will be the starting rotation in August. Fair? Fair. Yeah. Brandon? Yeah, and, and here's going back to the quantity and quality piece. I mean, yeah, we added quantity, and um, I think deep down all of us Cardinals fans knew that that was going to happen. We knew that that was a realistic option. Um, and I, I, I don't think we should go into this as pessimistic as um, others are saying. And here's why. I think you look across the Central Division, and our, our rotation is comparable. Uh, you look at a team like the Cubs, who who are going to be in the run. You look at a team like the Brewers, they're going to be in a run. Um, they're going to be competing. Don't sleep on the yeah, Reds. Yeah, the, the Reds, too. They have some young talent coming up, absolutely. Um, and although, yeah, we, we, we're not rolling out, you know, a Houston Astros rotation by any means. Uh, I, I, I think this is going to translate to uh, being able to compete uh, for a division championship, which our rotation wasn't able to do last year. Sure. So I'm curious to this, just before we continue to move forward here. Order of the rotation. There's a lot of Ooh. things. There's a lot of things that obviously we're going to be able to project down the road. I'm sure. curious, mm-hmm. what is this order? Like, And like I said, it doesn't, I don't think it really matters that much rotation order now compared to how Don't maybe, you downplay it, Ethan. Okay, all right. It so, matters. All right, all right. It matters because you matter. Then... You're so sweet. Okay. <laughs> Order of the rotation sure. projections. Throw them out there. Why not? All right. One through five. We got Sonny Gray, Ooh. Miles Michaelis, yep. Lance Lynn, yep. Steven Matz, huh? Kyle Gibson, and Matthew Libertor is a six-man swingman. Lance Lynn at three? Wow. Okay. Call me a madman. Oh, yeah, you kind of are. You, Brandon? Huh? Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Lance Lynn. What? Yeah. Stop it. Kyle Gibson, Steven Matz. Y'all are crazy. Thompson staying in the bullpen. Matthew Libertor at six. Thompson doesn't you see guys are a crazy. start all year. Sonny Gray Whoa. at one. Sonny <laughs> Gray at one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miles Michaelis at two. Sure. Kyle Gibson at three. What? Oh. Steven Matz at four. Lance Lynn at five. Do you guys have you guys looked at a stat from last year? He was awful. I tried to burn. His ERA was like five five. Any stats from last season out of my brain on it doesn't matter if they were on our team or not. Okay. Well. Because then it was that that's the reason that your take is so bad. I can't believe you both. <laughs> wow. I can't Whoa. believe you both have him at three. That, that was that. The future is now, old man. You know why? Lance Lynn is you third know why in we our have him at three? Because he likes to eat not only burgers but innings. Okay, <laughs> that's why we have him at three. Whatever. I think that Zach Thompson's going to be our swingman because he, I thought, proved way more so than Libertor last year that he can do it. I thought Ollie that he likes him a lot too. I thought he built much yeah. better momentum than Matthew Libertor did last year. I'm not sure what this construction of the swingman will be because there's been talks that those guys are going to be used just when someone goes down sure, or the occasional sure. spot start. I think that's probably what it'll be. If we find them in long stretches, they'll incorporate a six-man rotation, but it's not going to be a normal thing. I have no idea. I and this will be something interesting to look into as well. Is I imagine that only one of them will also be up with the big league club at once. 
And I imagine the other one will probably be starting in AAA. I don't think it's just a, okay, they're both in your bullpen. One of them's starting, one of them's in the bullpen. I think that no matter what, one of them's going to be in AAA, consistently getting innings as a starter, and then you'll see one of them in the bullpen, the ability to throw as a long reliever if you need to, sure, or a swing sure. in on the occasion. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I get it. And and uh, again, this is from a hockey guy's perspective, man. Just a, this is a, it, it's this. It can't even be argued. Your take is correct. The thought of having one of these guys down in AAA, oh, though, turn coat. The one of these guys, the thought of having one of these guys down at AAA does does just irk me though. Like the thought of like, hey, you got to have some guy, like you got to have him down at AAA getting some innings as a starter. Like ah, I think it's better for the team in the long run if you, you do think, that. Really, though. Matthew Liberatore. Matthew Liberatore proved last year that he was not ready to be starting every fifth day. That's true. And until he is, he's going to be either starting in AAA with this team or he's going to be playing for another team for real. Wow. Like, if there's yeah. not a spot for him here, like, the goal is to win games. And if he's not ready, you cannot let him develop at the level he's developing at the, with the big league club, in sure. my opinion. Listen, we've talked about the pitching side of things. We've talked about um, we've talked about the, both the rotation and the bullpen. There's yep. so many other areas that we could discuss. We're not going to be able to get to all of them. But one area that I am really intrigued by, guys. Sure. We've talked about it a little bit in the past. Is... The catching spot. We have Wilson Contreras, who we're going to talk about the numbers a little bit. Brandon, put your shirt back on. It's not that hot in here. <laughs> Brandon, we've talked about uh, this. We've talked. <laughs> do you guys remember when I brought up Salvador I've, Perez? I do. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I try How not to. I forget though. it. Yeah, we lost five, ten listeners from that take, I think. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Wilson Contreras. Last year was a tale of two stories for him, guys. For sure. Dylan, why don't you throw out some numbers for what Contreras did last year, just splitting it pre-All-Star break, post-All-Star break. Okay, so pre-All-Star break, Wilson Contreras in 320 at-bats had a 240 batting average with 10 home runs and a 753 OPS. Again, that's on-base plus slugging percentage. Post-All-Star break in 175 at-bats, he hit 309 uh-huh. batting average with 10 home runs and a 959 OPS. So night yeah. and day. He had the same number of home runs in half the at-bats, basically. Yeah. The OPS was... 200 points higher. He was seeing a beach ball. Out I'm there. seriously, yeah. he was he was legitimately arguably a top 3 hitter in baseball after July 1st. He could not yeah. miss the ball. I'm really excited to see what we get out of Wilson Contreras this year. There was so much noise and so many question marks at the beginning of the year in the first month of 2023 as to you know, can he catch? You know, is he going to be the next Yachty? You know, yeah. Follow up Yachty. How's right. that going to look? The noise is gone. He's had a year to develop with the Cardinals. He knows what the expectations are. I really think he's going to develop into an even bigger leader in the clubhouse now. Yeah. I really do think that Wilson Contreras is going to have a career season for the Cardinals this year. I think he's going to have the best season of his career in wow. 2024. Put it on the board, That's Dylan. That's different than what you were saying last year. We only got so much space on this I thing, know, but I'll I put know, it up there. I know. That's true. I have to buy another board. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing. I mean, nobody can argue with you with the second half that he had, right? I think, obviously, the argument is always going to be, well, defensively, you know, as a defensive catcher. Sure. Defense. Here's the thing. You follow up Yadier Molina, you'll never compare. Right. It's not going to happen. It's not going to have the best catcher in Cardinals history – one of the best catchers in baseball. 
Um, but I mean, man, at the plate, absolutely. And I could totally see that. And how how cool would that be? What full circle would that be? Because man, when we first signed him, and then he had the start that he did the last year. That poor guy. Mm, I mean, yeah. he was getting tore up. That right. Unfair, um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I am going to put something else on the board as well that is probably not going to age well, but I'm going to say he plays 110 games at catcher and 30 at DH. Wow. I think Yvonne Herrera will get some starts at catcher Ooh. this season. I don't honestly think that this is a very hot take. In fact, I was going to bring this up, and you fed right into it perfectly, is last year, post-All-Star break, we talked about those numbers. He did not catch nearly as much yeah. in the second half of That's the true. season yeah. as he did in the first half. He DH'd a lot more. Yeah. I think that that was part of the reason for why he was a better hitter. So that gives Yvonne Herrera an opportunity to continue progressing, a guy that we have seen sure. the evidence that he is going to continue progressing. He was one of, I think he finished second in on-base percentage in all of AAA last year. Wow. In his small you know, tidbit of games that he played at the major league level, he looked good. Yeah, I mean, to the point where I feel confident that he can be a guy that can bat in the bottom of the lineup. He can start every fifth day or whatever as the catcher. I, I really do. I feel I am. I feel totally okay with that balance with Ivan Herrera, where you're starting him for 40, 50 games at the catcher position during the season. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing too, and and you love that defensively for the Cardinals. I mean, because defensively, uh, I mean, outside the catcher's position, I mean, we're above average at just about every position, and so you put you put the catcher behind the plate who can who defensively is is strong like Avon Herrera. Man, I I love I love rolling that kind of uh, team out on the diamond. No, I'm I I really do. I'm confident that Wilson Contreras is going to have a great season for the Cardinals, and honestly, if he does, just think about if he's able to do something semi-similar to what he did the second half of 2023. Yeah. Talk about what that does for your lineup. Obviously, there's still some question marks. Goldie and Arenado sure. were way down for themselves last year. But as Kevin Wheeler said, we know that they're going to be better this year yeah. because we know the kind of players they are. And we know that they're pissed about their performances from last year. Well, and he even mentioned that Nolan Arenado had a, yes, did he have a down year for him? But it's not like, I mean, we were like, oh, man. It's not like I saw his name. It was like, man, I don't want that in the lineup. Sure. You know, like, I mean, he still had, it was an average season. But for him, uh, right, right, there's the expectations are higher sure. that he sets and, for and himself. So, and so what I'm saying is it's not going to get worse than that. When you add in the potential improvements that guys like Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker yeah, could yeah. be the big steps that they could be taking this year. Obviously, I, I think every, just about every single year in the past at least five years for the Cardinals, I've said, well, what if this guy takes really big steps? <laughs> but I've also had, I don't, I can't think of a player where I've been more optimistic that they're going to take those big steps than Jordan Walker. So imagine yeah. if you got Jordan Walker, who's taking big steps. You got Contreras. Tall. He is tall. You got Contreras doing what I, I'm fairly optimistic he's going to do. And then... Goldschmidt and Arenado are some form of what they were in 2022, not 2023. Yeah. Maybe that's a little bit high. We're talking about two top three MVP candidates. I'm not expecting that in 2024, sure. but 30 home run guys, 300 or close to batting average guys. Yeah. In that range. Wow. 
Can you imagine having four in your lineup? Or I guess it's more so fair to look at OPS than anything. But regardless. Ah, that was such a 2024 take right there. The OPS <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. But what does that do for your lineup, though? Yeah, man. Wow. Well, and I, I well, I think what it does is also it, it gives the opportunity for guys like Goalie and Arenado. I mean, yes. Are, are they the pieces in your lineup that you need going at all times? Absolutely. But every good team. I mean, look at the two teams that were in the World Series. They had one through nine rolling yeah. in their lineup. They right. just did. That's what it's going to take to get you to a World Series. Right. And and so really, and, and everyone's known this all offseason long, the question is not, is the offense going to perform? It's, is the pitching going to be able to hold their own sure. enough to where it's not going to hurt this team and hold them back from making a run, whether it be at the Central or eventually deep into the playoffs. So yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. There is so many other headlines that we could have covered that we could still be going into, but there's going to be plenty of time for that. There's a lot of spring training games to be played as we're recording. Games are set to start uh, tomorrow, so we're wow. really excited for that and for, yeah. for ball to get back underway. It's been a long off season. No, glad it's here. No, uh, it, it it has. It definitely has. Blues talk. Blues talk. Blues talk. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if we, you know, if you if you don't watch yourself and you listen to Ethan too much, he might get you thinking it's baseball season already. Not for me. Hey. It's hey. hockey <laughs> season. But no, on a serious note, this this episode was really a, a Cardinals preview in a lot of ways, a spring training introduction. But we didn't want to skip out on Blues talk. I just want to catch you guys up on on things that are happening all uh, with the St. Louis Blues. As we record, the St. Louis Blues are tied with the Nashville Predators for the final playoff spot in the Western Conference. The Blues have won six of their last ten and find themselves in the middle of a wild card run with the trade deadline fast approaching, boys. March 8th. Maybe a hint hint as to what our next podcast episode will hey be now, discussing. Shout out. Keep an eye out. It, but it could be very telling. Seriously, over the next couple of games are very important. Doug Armstrong, the general manager, is going to see if these teams are real competitors or not. And, uh, and and we'll see how it goes. Number one, gentlemen, as always, when we say something, criticize something, they listen to us specifically, and they turn it around. Of course. The Blues power play did it this time. They're red hot. Ever since Drew Bannister's taken over, they ranked eighth in the NHL in the power play since that time that wow. he took over as interim head coach. In total, they now set at 17.9%, which actually is still bottom in the league. That's, that's how bad our power play was at one point. We have been top 10 for a while, and that still only carried us up the rankings to about uh, 20th, 21st in the league in the power play. Seven power play goals in the last 10 games. Second point, okay? Mm. Zachary Bolduke recalled from the Springfield Bolduke. Thunderbirds. That's right. It's Zachary, not Zach, for those out there. Just fun fact. Top three prospect in the organization. Uh, he played on the second line last night as we record against the Islanders with Braden Shin and Jake Neighbors. Yep. He got nine minutes of action. Played decent. You know, it was, it was a first game of the season kind of game. Third point, Ethan's giving me the hurry-up look. Playoff hockey in February and March. That's right. Basically where the Blues stand in the playoffs, seven of the next eight games before the trade deadline are on the road. Five of the next eight are against current playoff teams, which we are included that right now as we sit eighth in the Western Conference. Ooh. Tell you what, gentlemen, this next span of games, I mean, seven of eight on the road, that's going to be interesting. We need to keep an eye out. The next pod's going to be fun. Or it could, it or actually, we could be very angry. We'll I mean, see. basically, to conclude, 
these next eight games are, are going to tell us everything we need to know about this team. There yes. really shouldn't be any question marks. Watch them go four and four. It, right. <laughs> if, 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 you, if you are a casual hockey fan, now is when you're, t- you're tuning in. These are playoff games for the Blues right now. It, I mean, it is a five, six team race for the wild card as we sit. Brandon, couldn't have done that any better. Thank you so much. I probably could have, but. Oh, oh all right. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Just kidding. Your job. Just kidding. As Gosh. the great Ricky Bobby would say, hang on, baby Jesus. It's going to get bumpy. That's right. <laughs> Good stuff. Appreciate you filling us in, Brandon, and just uh, throwing some good info out there. Man, it's been a packed, packed, packed episode. It's been a lot of fun, though. It's it's just a great time for sports in St. Louis. Yeah, the is. Cardinals are getting underway. Opening day is about six weeks away. You got Blues hockey really hitting its peak right yep. now. You got St. Louis City getting underway. Then you got the Battle Hawks getting started. Ah! And, oh God! And say you know, obviously, other cities are saying, "Why do you care about the Battle Hawks?" Well, you know what? They took them. They took the Rams away. They, you're darn right. So, but it's it's cool. St. Louis actually genuinely cares, yeah. and that'll be fun. It'll be fun for things to be brewing in the city. So you have all those things going on right now. It's just a good time of year for St. Louis sports fans. Yes, it is. It just feels good. I'm excited, Ethan. Well. I think that just about concludes everything. Why don't we go ahead and throw the socials out there real quick. Dylan? You can find us at Lou Sports Talk underscore on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or X, whichever one you call it. Hey, well done. Thanks, Brandon. You like too. Brandon mentioned, or maybe I mentioned it. One of us mentioned it. Sure. Next episode, going to be a lot of exciting talk about the trade deadline for the Blues, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. And just be sure to go and follow us on our socials because there's always plenty of good info, whether it be giveaways that we're going to be previewing, uh, upcoming guests, all that good stuff. Yeah, All of that found on our social media page, at Talk underscore. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this lovely evening. See you. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.